in preparation for this morning's message, I, I asked the question to myself, which is the most famous woman in history? And you know what you do? Well, if you like me, you Google it to see what other people think. So I, I Googled it and came up with a, a top 100 list. And on the screen, you'll see the top five according to whoever it is that put this list together. Yes, Princess Diana, the most famous woman in history. That is what I put into the search. So, Princess Diana, Indira Gandhi, Queen Victoria, Madonna, and Mary, yeah, and Mary Magdalene. And it went on and on. But as I looked through these lists, and there are a number of them, there was one person missing who I believe is the most famous woman in history. Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. It's interesting, looking through one of the lists, I looked at the greatest woman in history, and and this is what a guy put at the bottom. He said, the greatest woman in the world is Brenda Carpenter, my wife. (laughs) What a guy, eh? Brilliant. He's wrong because Becky is. <laughs> he can be sick now if you like. <laughs> but in all of these lists, Mary was missing. You know, Mary, how, how many other women could boast thousands of images over a couple of centuries in stained glass windows, in statues, in icons, in her memory? I've got one here. This is an image uh, located in the catacombs of Priscilla in Rome, and it's dated AD 150. Now, you probably can't see it that well, but uh, if directly above my hand there is Mary and the baby Jesus. So that goes back to 150. Then I've got some more recent ones. In 1984, we had a stamp collection, and you see the top left and the middle right is Mary and the baby Jesus. Now, I want to say I'm not a great fan of some of the icons and the images of Mary. You know, I don't believe that she was a superior being. I don't believe that she had this halo around her head. I, I don't go in for any of that. No, she was a human being just like you and me. But her fame is beyond question. 2,000 years after her death, roughly, millions of people are still reading about her. And we're going to be doing that in a few moments. We're going to be reading about her. And every year, millions of people sing about her. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child. And then more upbeat, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ. And then all little town of Bethlehem says, for Christ is born of Mary. And we could go on. So let's read from Luke's account, Dr. Luke, uh, who wrote a biography of Jesus Christ. And in Luke 1, starting to read at verse 26, we see his account of what happened in terms of Mary. So Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, now what, the sixth month of what? It was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. 
In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born to you will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said, Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. And when she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Amen. So why is is Mary famous? Is it because she is beautiful? Well, we don't even know what she looked like. Is it because of her wealth? No, she was very poor. We know that because Mary and Joseph, when they took uh, baby Jesus as eight day old to be sacrificed, they offered the least price sacrifice. They didn't have enough money for that. They brought two small birds, pigeons or doves. Was it because of her position in society? No, she was just a young woman from a nothing town called Nazareth. So was it her achievements? Well, no and yes. Physically and intellectually, uh, she had no power. She didn't win any gold medals. She didn't get the Nobel Peace Prize. But, yes, she gave birth to the saviour 
of the world. Wow! Wow! She gave birth to the Savior of the world. God the Son, who has always existed, was contracted to smaller than the size of a pinhead within Mary's womb. The formation of a unique being, the God-man, took place inside Mary's womb. Wow. Can you get your head around that? I can't. When Mary was given this news, God was asking something of her, and he asked this of you, and he asked this of me. He asked her to embrace mystery. To embrace mystery. There's no way she could get her head around it. You can't get your head around it. Because it's much bigger than us. So he asked her to embrace mystery. If we are going to get anywhere with God, we must embrace mystery. If we don't, we will never get anywhere with God. We will never know it. We will never develop a relationship with him. Since the time of Mary, we have had 2,000 years of accumulated knowledge. And there have been many scientific studies done. And yet, we still don't even know everything about the human body. We think we're so clever, but we don't know a lot. I was going to Bulgaria recently, as you know, and on the first leg of the journey, I went on the train to Paddington Station, and I sat next to a young woman called Danny, and started talking to her, and found out that she was a student from Bristol University studying neurology. And so I asked her questions about the subject. And she basically, to paraphrase it, said this, that there is an awful lot that we don't know about the brain. And even the stuff that we do know, a lot of it is theory, and we can't absolutely be certain that it's right. (laughs) Basically, she's saying there's a lot that we don't know. If we don't even understand the human body... How on earth are we going to understand the Holy Spirit? (laughs) The reality is on earth we won't. But in heaven we'll understand a lot more. It is a mystery. There is no way we can comprehend the unique conception of the God-man, Jesus Christ. And when we realize that we don't know everything, we're more able to move towards embracing mystery. There's a professor called Dr. Gary Parker. He was an unbelieving scientist. He was a passionate believer in atheistic evolution. And uh, he has written five biology textbooks. And when he received the first one back, and uh, it came from the printers, and, and he took the wrapper off, and he looked at the book, And as he looked at it, he thought, there is so much that I don't know about this subject. There's so much in this book that I I don't really know. If only people knew that. If only the people reading the book realized how little we know. And as he thought about that, he thought, is that the same for every person who's written a scientific book? 
Has everybody who's done the same as me, taking the wrapper off a book with their name on it, thought the same thoughts that I'm thinking? And that became the first step in Gary Parker embracing mystery. He's now a Christian. He passionately believes in God and writes books about his creation and him being the creator. See, that realization that we don't know everything is so important. So important. If you take mystery out of a God plan, you end up with a natural human plan. See, basically, the key ingredient in God's mystery is the supernatural. The supernatural. God is supernatural. His ways are supernatural. This was not a woman plan. You know, Mary didn't have too much cheese the night before. (laughs) And just have a dream. No, she didn't. Mary didn't manipulate circumstances to achieve a Mary plan. There was only one thing Mary could do if this was ever going to happen, and that was embrace mystery. (laughs) Embrace the supernatural. Embrace God's plan. And she did. In verse 38, she says, May it be to me as you have said. Mark Lowry wrote a song called Mary, Did You Know? And we're just going to listen to it. I love this song. So we're just going to listen to it. And the the words will be up there as well. And and a few images. And uh, I want you to ask the question, did she know?
that your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nation? Did you know that your Mary might not have known every single detail as to what was going to happen uh, in the life of Jesus Christ. But Mary knew that this was God the Son whose kingdom never ends. She knew that. She absolutely knew it. How could she forget meeting the angel Gabriel? How could she forget becoming pregnant without any sex? How could she forget her fiancé saying this to her? I was going to dump you because I thought you cheated on me. But God spoke to me through an angel in a dream. And and the angel said this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. How, she, how could she forget the visit of the shepherds? And the shepherds say, we've heard the angels, and the angels have told us that Christ the Lord has been born, and we're to find him here in this place. How could she forget the wise men who brought their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and saying, we have come to worship the new born king. Mary knew in her Noah. You got a Noah? (laughs) That thing within you that just knows that you know that you know you can't explain it, but you just know. Mary knew in her Noah that God had given her an awesome assignment. You know, usually the greater the assignment that God gives to us, the more confirmation that he gives us about the assignment because we need to know that we know. Mary did not forget because the confirmation of the call was massive. When God orders the pizza, God pays for the pizza. Mary knew that God had ordered a whopping pizza, as it were, the saviour of the world. And that he would deliver. Becky and I have had loads of confirmation about planting the church here. And one incident sticks in my mind when we knew that God was calling and 
knew that I needed to leave Helston Light Life behind and leave the salary behind. And there was uh, that moment where the realization was we needed to live by faith. And, well, it came, that realization hit me, and I rang Becky up. And we were, we were going out at that time. I think it was March. It was definitely 2008, February, March time. And uh, I had no idea what she would say when I asked her the question, what, how do you feel about living by faith? In other words, trusting God for our finances. And uh, her response was, and I'm just going to read it, then I don't forget exactly what it was, uh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, it wasn't what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> I was steady and okay about it. But the word exciting wasn't the word that sprung to mind. But Becky said, that sounds exciting. And you know, the the wonderful thing is that we saw God's provision and had the equivalent of a full salary right from day one in planting the church here from the beginning of 2009. But you see, it's not just about the big things. You know, they're scary, aren't they? Let's be honest there's a scariness, isn't there, to, to this stuff? You know, when God reveals things to us and, and says, take a step, and it's supernatural, there's a scariness. Do you not feel that? But we feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, we don't let that feeling of being scared stop us, and Mary did not. So when we get an agreement, an assignment, sorry, from God, that is beyond the natural, in the realm of the supernatural, we must embrace mystery. We must embrace it. How's God going to provide? I don't know. (laughs) But he did, (laughs) in many different ways, through many different people. So how did Mary embrace mystery? How does this actually work? How do we do it? Well, I think there are two key things, and the second one is the most important the two parts of the second thing. But the, the, the first thing she does in verse 34 is she asks one simple question. God doesn't mind us asking good questions. This wasn't a doubtful question. This was just, how shall it be? She wasn't saying, I don't believe you. She was just saying, tell me a bit more about that. How will it be? And the answer is basically this. It's going to be a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And here's a testimony of a lady who's just had a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in her life. She was too old, she was barren, and now she's six months pregnant. For nothing is impossible with God. So, it's a brilliant answer, but it doesn't tell her a lot, does it? So she asks one simple question, and the answer is basically, it's supernatural God will do it, in a nutshell. And then comes her response, and and her response is brilliant. And this is the second step. This is the most important step. And, And I just absolutely love this response. It's in verse 38. She says, May it be to me as you have said. In the words of Jean-Luc Picard, captain of Star Trek Next Generation, make it so. Make it so. 
But a little word, a key word added to the beginning of it. God make it so. God make it so. Two things are being said in that little refrain there, that little answer, as it were, that statement. Two principles. The principle of surrender and the principle of faith. God make it so. So the first important principle, surrender. You know, Mary was a virgin, pledged to be married to Joseph. And this pledging or betrothal was much stronger than our being engaged. It was a legally binding agreement that could only be broken by divorce or death. So this was her dream. This was Mary's plan. This was Mary's dream that she was going to get married to Joseph. She was saving herself for the wedding night for him. It was going to be a great marriage. She was going to have children. And the children would be loved and accepted in the community. And there would be a normal family. Do you think that would be Mary's plan? I guess that that was the Mary plan. It was a good plan. But the good can be the enemy of the best. The good can be the enemy of the best. Mary had to choose a good plan or a God plan. Surrendering to God's plan is scary, and it always will be scary. You know, when God said to me as a farmer, leave farming and emigrate to Cornwall (laughs) to be the pastor of a church, that is scary. Oswald Chambers said this, and it's going to come up on the screen. He said, be aware of refusing to go to the funeral of your own independence. It is a question of giving up my right to myself, my natural independence, and my self-will. Mary had to get hold of this stuff. You see... Mary, you can, you can keep your independence, you can follow your good plan, and if you do that, it will take you to this level. You know, that's a good plan, there's nothing wrong with it, Mary, that's excellent. Or, you can surrender to God, which will take you to an even higher level, a whole new realm, the realm of the supernatural, where the Holy Spirit gets involved where God in you and through you creates something awesome. And it's the same for us. God wants to create in us and through us something awesome. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. But it comes at a cost. The cost of being misunderstood. Mary was massively misunderstood. Massively. We will be misunderstood, particularly in our society that has gone bonkers on political correctness. We will be misunderstood. Make no mistake about it. 
There will be moments of pain. Mary endured some pain in this journey. We're not going to spend time looking at that, but believe you me, she suffered rejection. She suffered pain. We will suffer pain. We will. There'll be times in following Christ when it is painful. It's awesome. It's exhilarating. It's brilliant. It's a far higher level than we'd ever have without it. But let's not deceive ourselves. It's not going to be all roses. There will be times when it's tough. So Mary says, I surrender. God, make it so. And then she has another dimension, the second principle of faith. God, make it so. I believe you. I trust you. I know you're going to do it. God, make it so. And I I just love what Mary does. Mary goes public without any proof. That is faith. You know, we sometimes hear people way after the event say, well, God told me that was going to happen. Well, he might have done, but why didn't he say it before it happened? That's courage. Immediately, Mary gets this news. She heads off to Elizabeth. Now, she hasn't missed the period. There is no evidence. None. And she says to Elizabeth, the good news about what God is going to do through her. And immediately she does that, she gets the first confirmation. Elizabeth tells her that she's just been filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby within her womb has leapt. Awesome. Elizabeth in verse 45 says, Blessed is she who has believed, not who will believe, who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then Mary goes into this awesome prophetic song, and we didn't read all of it, but in this awesome prophetic song, she makes an incredible statement in verse 48. She says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. She's saying, I'm going to be famous. (laughs) She said, I am going to be famous. 2,000 years later, yeah, you're right, Mary. (laughs) Your prophetic song was right. (laughs) We are calling you blessed today, because you are. Let's put this in perspective, no bump. No, baby. She's saying, we are going to call her blessed. Isn't that faith? No evidence. But she speaks out in faith. The first time God asked me to do this, it scared me. But I did it. It's going back to 1992. And I read a book by Paul Yonghee Cho called Make Your Faith Work. And I felt God say that I'd got to believe him for two people, two young people to encounter him in a very significant way in the youth retreat that I was about to preach at. And so I began praying and believing for that. And I rang the youth leader up. And I said to the youth leader, Roger, I believe that God is going to 
significantly impact two young people on this retreat. And this isn't just me saying I'm setting a faith goal. It will happen. God will do it. I believe that. And I want you to be a witness. I'm telling you before it happens because I'm going public with this. So we got to the youth event and the first meeting, nothing happened. The second meeting, nothing happened. There were only four meetings. I remember going for a walk between the second and the third meeting. It was lunchtime and and I was just saying, Lord, I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. Now, thank you for what you're going to do. In the next meeting, as I was speaking, a young woman ran upstairs in tears. And, and a young man was deeply, deeply moved. To cut a long story short, both of them went into full-time Christian work. They were deeply impacted that day by God. Faith is scary, so surrender is scary. (laughs) And faith is scary. Because the reality is, we can't deliver supernatural goods, can we? We can't do it. (laughs) Only God can do it. So we're relying on God to turn up and do the work. All we can say is, God, make it so. God, make it so. Paul wrote to the believers in Thessalonica and he said this, Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. That's an awesome verse, don't you? Faithful is God who called you who also will do it. I want to ask you three questions, and this is it. This is me landing now. (laughs) The three questions are, will you trust him? Will you trust him? That's surrender. So will you surrender to his plan? Not your plan, his plan. And thirdly, will you embrace mystery? Will you embrace the fact that you don't know it all? God is supernatural. And that only he can do it.